Well, hey there, my name's Eric Gray, and I'm the Young Adult and Family Minister here at the Regency Church of Christ. I just want to take a minute and say thank you for checking out this message. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And to find out more information about Regency or to listen to other messages from this series, we'd love for you to check out our website at regencycc.org. And we're praying that this message will help you grow closer to Jesus. I appreciate the opportunity. I don't know if I appreciate the uh, introduction there, <laughs> but I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I, I always say, and I, I remember writing an article once about uh, the crazy things you'll do for, for children to get them excited about following Jesus. Uh, but I, I won't be that crazy tonight. But I want to uh, just say thank you again for the opportunity and the invitation to be here. Uh, and I really appreciate uh, one of the things you've done with, with the theme, uh, I think it's a, a great theme for one, but I also like a little bit of flexibility with, with being able to uh, have kind of a broad theme, that, and, and I know Eric shared this, that maybe you'll have a lesson, uh, a lesson that, that's kind of geared towards that theme. I had a problem. I had <laughs> many lessons that kind of went along with this theme of loving everybody always. And, and so I, I really had it narrowed down to two things I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, and, and, and the first, I believe, would have really fit in with, with the challenge that has been presented uh, to you all this, this summer and, and maybe throughout the whole year of loving everybody always. And, and it had to do with that specifically. Uh, there may be some people in looking at the idea that Jesus especially Luke brings this out. I decided I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I was going to preach, just kind of a two-for-one thing here, but uh, <laughs> hopefully you're not thinking, oh man, I wish you would have preached that. But uh, Jesus, and Luke really presents this and really brings this out, is that Jesus went to the marginalized. He went out to, to the people that, that others might not have. And, and the idea behind this lesson was looking at some of the people and in, in, in the idea that Jesus touched people. And, and that's a very interesting concept in and of itself that Jesus, as he was ministering to people and some of the people that he interacted with, but you also see this word, Jesus touched them. And, and that's talking about a physical touch. And, and he touched some that others wouldn't even talk to or come close to lepers and and those with with uh, diseases and different things sinners and, and and that that we see Jesus going to the marginalized and that lesson talks about the undesirable and Jesus went to the undesirable and and, and today we kind of in our minds think about or 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 label people as maybe undesirable or undeserving. Jesus went to the undeserving, and that point really talks about, well, aren't we all undeserving of Jesus' love? Uh, and then the unlikely. Jesus, even in the, uh, the way that rabbis called disciples, Jesus kind of changed all of that, and he went to the unlikely. And we see that uh, that, that was one of the criticisms of the, the apostles was they're uneducated. They aren't trained. They aren't like... Others that you would think of that would be religious leaders. And so, as you can see, that would really, in talking about how we need to go to the un, those that we might deem as undesirable or undeserving or unlikely. But before we get to that, and I guess if I was to preach two sermons, which I won't tonight, but if I was to preach two sermons, I would want to go there. 
And I would want to challenge us all to live and, and to reach out and to love those people that society may deem as undesirable or undeserving or unlikely. But uh, I think a lot of times it's kind of like with math class for me. Ninth grade geometry was very difficult for me. And there's a reason is because math builds on itself, right? And so you start with, with learning some uh, problem solving in that and then it builds. And if you get behind early, it affects the rest of your semester. And that's what that's what I'm claiming. <laughs> I won't tell you why I got behind earlier or that, that there was a problem with my paying attention or making it to class or anything like that. But I got behind early. And so as it built, it became more and more challenging. And tonight I want to start as we as we think of this task and sometimes we have a tendency to do this is love everybody always and we think about all the people in the world that we need to be loving and that's extremely important and we need to get there but before we do sometimes we miss something something kind of simple at the beginning something that we need to look at before we can really be effective in loving everybody always and we'll talk more about why this is important at the end of the lesson. But today I want to talk about how we need to start right here. We need to start right here with loving these people. And that doesn't mean that, that, that the others aren't important, but we have to start here because, and, and we'll come back to this later, if we don't love one another in this place and in the body of Christ, when others come in and see us divided or see us uh, in, in conflict with one another, it's going to be unappealing to them. And we'll talk some more about that in a minute. So I want to challenge us, and maybe you've heard this statement before. I know I said it all the time to my sister. My sister was a year and a half older than me. We were close enough in age, but she was enough older that she was always a lot bigger and stronger than I was. And she had she was in my head. She she had me believing that she was bigger and stronger. And so she would beat me up. And I remember at times saying to her, I remember vividly in the back seat of the car saying, Heather, I don't like you very much, but I know I have to love you because you're my sister. <laughs> Anybody made that statement before? I don't like you, but I have to love you. And I've, I've heard this recently in the body of Christ. That, uh, someone will, will get up and say, say, you don't have to like me, but you have to love me. And we understand and we'll talk about why we know that's true, that we need to love all people. But I want to challenge you tonight. That is not an attitude we should have towards the body of Christ. Not only do we have to love, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the agape type of love, but I want to challenge us that you do need to like one another. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Look at... Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. And I want to talk tonight about this idea of brotherly love. 
brotherly love. And in, 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 in first, we're going to define brotherly love because we are challenged. And in, in as we uh, begin to define this word brotherly love, you will understand that what Paul is challenging Christians with, and we see this also in Second Peter chapter 1, as we talk about those uh, qualities that we need to have and be growing in, one of them is brotherly kindness. And it's the same word that's translated here, brotherly love. And that's a word that, that we probably, I know we've heard of, if we've heard of the city of Philadelphia, <laughs> that's where it comes from. I'm sure uh, this has been taught and preached here before. That word Philadelphia means brotherly love or brotherly kindness. And we are commanded in the body of Christ to have brotherly love or Philadelphia for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's look at this word for just a minute. That word Philadelphia, and, and you probably uh, heard this before, but it comes from two Greek words. I'm, I'm not a Greek scholar or anything. I don't really don't use a lot of the, the, the Greek when I, I use it in my study, but not necessarily in the preaching. Um, but Philadelphia, this word comes from two Greek words. The, the second word there is Adelpha, which is the Greek word for brother. And so brotherly love, obviously, Philadelphia, is, is for brothers and sisters. That is, brothers and sisters, when we become one in Christ, when we become ch the children of God, we become brothers and sisters with the other children of God. And the second word is phileo. Now, phileo, I'm sure you've heard, there's, there's two, really there's three words that are tra Greek words translated love, and, and two that are very commonly used in the New Testament. The first is agape, and that's the one we always talk about, and the one that I was going to talk about tonight, that, that we need to have that sacrificial love, and this is the choice kind of love. This is the love that says, I'm going to choose to love you even if I don't like the things you're doing, even if I don't like the way <laughs> that you act, and, and that I'm going to love you, and I'm going to uh, sacrifice, give up of myself to, to show my love to you. That's the kind of love, the agape love that Christ has for us in dying on the cross, that he gave up of himself even when we had separated ourselves from God. He gave up and he made that choice to go to the cross because of his agape love for us. Now, phileo is not the same. Phileo is not the same, even though it's, it's a command for us as we concerning our brothers and sisters. The phileo love is this warm, here, here's what uh, the, the uh, Bible dictionaries say about it. It's a natural, warm, affectionate love that is typically experienced between close friends, and it usually has, is built upon some bond or shared interest. I believe that's there that, that says that about this word it's that warm kind of affectionate love. It's, it's the love that you have, that, that kind of natural bond between friends that, that, that happens because of a shared interest. And we'll come back to this later. But a couple weeks ago, my wife and I, we don't get to do this very often having three kids, but we were able to get away for the night and we went to Atlanta and went to a concert. <laughs> I, I know some of you that have our Instagram saw pictures and, and I definitely was, was moving at that concert, but I'm, <laughs> I'm really not a dancer, but, but that's the second time that's come out tonight. But, <laughs> but at this concert, it was my favorite band of all time. And, and so we, we decided to go and we've been trying to go. I went 15 years ago and saw them and I've been trying to go ever since. So Brittany and I said, we're going to do it. We're going to go to Atlanta. And when we 
we got there, we paid a little bit more because we knew that this isn't something that happens all the time. So we got the VIP passes. And part of that was a part of the perk of that was to have the roped off section where you could get there, uh, get there early and, and get in and be right up front. And when we got there, there was one other couple that was in that roped off section and, and we got to talking. And the only common interest I had with that guy was we both loved this band that we were seeing and we loved them a lot. We, we really enjoyed. We became like best friends. I mean, by the end of the night, he said, next year, you guys are coming to Atlanta to watch this band and you're staying with us. I don't know. You know, I can't even tell you his name right now. But but we became because that's what this phileo, that that warm, affectionate on a on a similar interest because and you know how this works. I, I've seen it here a lot. This isn't so much the case in in Colorado, maybe with the Denver Broncos, but I've seen it here with Alabama and Auburn. You see somebody if you're an Alabama fan, you see somebody wearing a, a red shirt that says Alabama, you become almost <laughs> best friends. And I see you talking to complete strangers, roll tide, and, and, and you have that kind of warmth and, and welcoming because of similar interests. And we can probably think of many things that have caused us to become friends with individuals because of a similar interest. That's this phileo. We'll come back to that a little bit later in the lesson. But we see that this, this uh, phileo is a warm affection. It's, it's that I like being around you. I enjoy being around you because we have these interests and we have this bond that I enjoy being with you. And so I want to tell us tonight that we are commanded to enjoy and like being with our brothers and sisters. Tonight, do you enjoy being here? Do you like your brothers and sisters? Do you have this warm, affectionate, love, friendship type of love when you come into this place? We're commanded to devote ourselves to brotherly love, to loving that phileo love, not just the agape love that says, I'm going to choose to no matter how hard it is, but I enjoy being with one another. We see an example of this kind of love in David and Jonathan. First Samuel 18, 1 through 3 says, Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Saul took him that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And, and we know that relationship and, and have heard about that relationship a lot. But that's this kind of warm, affectionate type of friendship, love that we see in Philea. Again, Romans 12.10, we are commanded to be devoted to one another in brotherly, phileo, Adelpha, love, friendship kind of love for our brothers and sisters. So that's brotherly love defined. Now I want to talk about some things that delay brotherly love. Because, and this is where, as I talked about from the beginning, is we think of this big, broad, um, broad idea of loving everybody always. We have to start here. It has to start here because if we don't love our brothers, we will not be effective in loving the world. And so it's very important that we start here. I, Brittany was telling me a quote. I think Mother Teresa said it, and I'm probably going, going to butcher it. She said, but if you, want, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. That's where it starts, right? It's got to start here uh, because we will not be effective in loving the world if we can't even love and enjoy being around our family. So we see some things that might delay 
our ability to love and have this phileo love for our brothers and sisters. First, brotherly kindness is delayed by self-centeredness, selfishness. Selfishness has a tendency to delay uh, our ability to love and have that phileo love for our brothers and sisters. Look at James 4.1. James 4.1 is James is challenging the brethren in, on, on this matter. He's looking at them and saying, there's a lot of fights. There's a lot of quarrels. There's a lot of conflicts here. And, and I'm not seeing this kind of love that we're talking about. I'm not seeing this kind of enjoying being together because there's so many conflicts. And he identifies. He says, what's the source of the, of the fights and quarrels among you? Verse 1, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And, and James kind of identifies here a lot of arguments, a lot of fights, a lot of conflict, even in the body of Christ, come and start from selfishness. And we can probably see this in our own lives when we've been in conflict with others, that a lot of times, and it's always them, right? <laughs> but a lot of times these conflicts, and it's usually both, but, but that's what we tend to do. They come from selfishness, come from, for, from fulfilling desires within ourselves. Look at Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. You're probably already there waiting on me. Hold on just a second. I'm in a, I left, left my Bible. I always preach out, of, uh, out at camp, so I'm a little little confused. You know how you've used that Bible for so long that it just kind of opens where you want, you know, you know, you have the thumbprint in there where you want to go. So, so you'll have to bear with me on some of these as we're turning. But look at Philippians chapter two, verses three and four. It says here, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And so uh, Paul encourages us and challenges us. He says, you need to look out for the interests of others. There is no place for self-centeredness in the body of Christ. And now when we look at the world, is, is that in conflict with the world's idea? Absolutely it is. I mean, it's as, in as simple places as the donut shop drive through <laughs> You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody eat at Licking Good Donuts? Oh, we love that place. You can tell. I love that place. Uh, I like their kolaches, but I love their donuts as well. Oh, I, I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but maple bacon donuts. Whew, they're so, oh, man, they're so good. But you get this box, and you bring it into your car, and you know what the box says? Anybody that's gotten Licking Good Donuts? It says, you deserve a donut. <laughs> and I buy into that. I say, yeah, and you look at me. You don't. You know I don't deserve a donut. But that's the mindset of our society, isn't it? You deserve this. And if you buy into that idea that you deserve deserve this donut you can have and get anything that you want mcdonald's had uh the ad that said you deserve a break i think that was one of their slogans for a long time you deserve a break today and i read about how that came about and really the guy that was supposed to come up with the slogan he didn't have anything and he was kind of running late so he thought i'll just i'll just try this you deserve a break today and they loved it and it kind of reshaped marketing and advertising for so many things and really it reshaped a lot of the way that we view life in our society. 
You deserve this. And you can have anything. It's that instant gratification life that we have in, in, in society that we live in. But here's the thing that is so that is so contradictory of how the body of Christ should look. It's not, and we have that temptation to come into the doors and say, I deserve to have everything done exactly the way I want it to be done. And when that's challenged, I'll just get mad at them. And I hope that's not the case here, and I hope that's not the case with any of us. But that's our temptation, and we see how because of the society we live in is, you deserve it. You deserve to have everything exactly how you want it, and if you don't, you can just go somewhere else. Isn't that the beauty of shopping on the Internet? <laughs> reading reviews. Did anybody read the reviews? I, I love reading reviews and, and dislike it a lot too. But you, you, can, you can know what everybody thinks about that product. And if you don't like it and don't like the reviews, you can just go to another website. You can go to another place. That's not how the body of Christ should work. The body of Christ is we are all one. We are brothers and sisters when we become children of God. And we should love being together. We should enjoy being together. We have to be careful of this entitlement and, and self-centeredness that can sometimes tempt us and creep into our minds in our life. That's the first thing that can delay brotherly love. Second thing that can delay and there's probably a lot more. Another thing that can delay brotherly love is divisiveness. Divisiveness. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, verses 10 and 11. He says, Now I exhort you, brethren. And again, sorry, I'm going to pause there for just a minute. Uh, this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. And what do we know about the problem in 1 Corinthians? One of the main problems that they had was divisiveness. Was people saying, I'm going to follow so-and-so or I'm going to follow uh, this other guy. And, and we see divisiveness. And I heard it taught at sunset where I, where I uh, went to school that, that some, and I don't know how true this is, but he, he suggested that some were even coming at different times than others so they didn't have to participate together with other people in the body of Christ at that place. And, and so we see the divisiveness, and Paul says this to them, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10 and 11, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and there be, that there be no divisions among you. Now, he's not talking about not agreeing on, on the truth because he's already established and Paul has a relationship with them that they are following the truth, that they do know the truth. He's talking about the divisiveness of, of, of somewhat, I don't know if Paul would use this term, but somewhat petty things that, that have caused them to divide with one another. He's not talking about the Word of God in, in, in Scripture here. He's talking about these other things that have caused division Amongst them, he says, let there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. And so we see divisiveness, conflict can delay our ability to love, phileo love our brothers and sisters. Ephesians 4, 2 through 3 gives us, uh, gives us some application for this point with all humility and gentleness with patience showing tolerance for one another in love being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace if we are brothers and sisters we need to seek to be unified we need to be, seek to be of the same mind and again that phileo love to enjoy being together as the body of Christ another thing that gets in the way can get in the way or delay our ability to have brotherly love 
for one another is. And this one's kind of hard to talk about because I don't know all the ways that others have hurt you in your life. I know some of the ways that people have hurt me in my life, and this is challenging. And it can be challenging at times. Uh, and here it is. We can, our ability to love our brethren can be delayed by a lack of forgiveness. And like I said, I don't know the ways that some have hurt you. And you don't know the ways that some have hurt me, but I, I know the ways. And isn't it sometimes very difficult to forgive? Sometimes it's difficult when we know what others have done. It's very difficult to forgive. But in the body of Christ, especially between brothers and sisters, we have to have an attitude and a willingness to forgive. And here's our motivations, Ephesians 4, 32. For that, he says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other. And rarely does the Bible command us to forgive each other without reminding us of the forgiveness that we have in Christ. He says, forgive each other in the way, uh, in the same way. Let, let me get here real just a second. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. I know it's challenging to forgive at times. But when we look at what Christ has done for us, and this goes back to that undeserving, and that point, <laughs> I didn't know I'd be preaching a lot of that sermon as well tonight, but that point about Jesus going to the undeserving, and a lot of times in our minds we will, we will think of those who might be undeserving of our love, but in, and sometimes we, we think of those who might be undeserving of our forgiveness, but if we think about that, we have to think about how undeserving we are of the forgiveness of Christ and yet he loved us and he died so that he could provide for us forgiveness for our sins what a perspective there so that, I'm, I'm through the negative point now now let's look at how do we develop let's look at brotherly love developed in our lives how do we develop and continue to develop this brotherly love we've seen the delays we've seen some of those things and that's where a lot of the application is going to be is that we have to uh, we have to make sure we're not being self-centered we have to make sure that we're forgiving others we have to make sure that we're not being a divisive person but but and that's part of the application but let's look at brotherly love developed in some ways that we can develop it the first is brotherly love is developed by spending time together that's where it starts it starts with being together spending time together and you'll notice the people that you hang out with a lot you get closer to them you get uh, you build and in, in, in strengthen those friendships that you have with them isn't this the example of the early church acts chapter 2 verses 44 through 47 and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common when they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need day by day continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And we see this, this uh, strengthening of the body. And what's, what's the main ingredient there? They were spending time together. 
They were, they were being together. And the more that we spend time together, because sometimes uh, another thing that delays our brotherly love and kindness, I, I could probably think of many more, but another thing that delays our ability to love is that we haven't gotten to know our brothers and sisters. That we need to spend time getting to know them. We need to spend time, because we talked about that phileo love, uh, begins with some common interests. And, and one of the, uh, one of the games, that, that I had, I don't know if all the groups played it at camp, but one of the games that I put in the curriculum for junior week at camp was, was, I can't even remember what it was called now, but, but they say something, they stand up, or it's called that, that's me. And, uh, one kid will stand up and say, my favorite color is orange. And everybody that had, that their favorite color is orange will yell, that's me. <laughs> and, and part of that idea, we could go through so many things. My favorite band is, I won't tell you the, the band, but my favorite band is, okay, I will. O-A-R, you know, my, and, and you say, that's me. And most of you would say, who is that? I never heard of it. <laughs> but, uh, but, but in the whole point of that game is that as you play it, you start to realize, man, there's some things about this person or I have some, some common interests that I didn't know. Uh, that's one of the things that's so neat about seeing that the early church met and had meals together. You want to you wanna get to know me and get to know the inner workings of Jeremy? Serve me a meal. Whew, you know, I'll sit down and we'll, we'll talk for hours. Um, and, and there's something to that, isn't there? There's something about being around the dinner table and talking and fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters. Spend time getting to know one another. And, and, and we'll notice in, in conflicts and stuff that, that it's easier to forgive those that hurt us when we have that strong relationship with them. I'm thankful for that. Brittany and I are, are very strong in our relationship, having been married for 12 years. And I'm thankful for that because it helps in her ability to forgive me because we built that bond and that love for one another. Now, we got to spend time together. Uh, obviously, uh, we think of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And if we notice, uh, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And, and as we as we look at that, sometimes we, we just preach verse 25, don't we? And we say, you better be at church. <laughs> don't you, don't forsake the assembly, which is which is important. But verse 24 is as important as verse 25. Do you realize when you miss what you're missing out on? And not only what you're missing out on, but more importantly, what others are missing out on on you not being there. The ability for you to encourage and, and, and to build them up and, 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 and to allow this process of fellowshipping and getting to know one another and growing in brotherly love and affection for each other. That's missing when we're not together. We have to spend time together. Another thing that helps us in developing brotherly love is brotherly love is developed by understanding that common interest we have. Now, you probably thought I, I would t have talked about this a little bit before uh, when I talked about being at the concert and, and having the similar interest with the other guy that was there and, and how football teams and, and some of those hobbies and different things that we enjoy and, and, and have as, a, as an interest, when we have that similar interest with others, it, it builds that friendship. 
do we not have the greatest common interest that anybody in the world could ever have in knowing that Jesus Christ died for us, that we are his children, that we have that hope of everlasting life and we are in fellowship with God, which makes us in fellowship with one another. What greater common interest, no football team, no band, no no um, activity or hobby that we could ever be involved in. It can never even come close to the common interest that we have. In Jesus Christ. Shouldn't that, shouldn't that be enough to cause us just to say, you're what? Wait, wait a minute. You're a Christian. You're my brother. You're my sister. I love you. <laughs> that should cause it. But so often some of those things that delay it, a lot of times it starts with us. And we have the greatest common interest and it should just cause us to love and, and to show that warm affection for our brothers and sisters. We need to view each other the way that God views people. And this carries over. And again, this is why I wanted to preach it this way. Preach this lesson instead of the other lesson. is because if we can start to view everyone in this room in the way that God views them, as precious souls that he so longs to live eternally with him forever. If we can begin to do that here, then it will be not only easier to do it out in this world, but when they come in, they'll know that our love for them is genuine. Because if they come in and they see that you show love and agape love to them and you say, I love you, I want to share the gospel with you, and then they come in and they see your so-called brother and you don't talk to each other and you're in conflict with one another, that's gonna look, that doesn't look genuine. It's got to be genuine. So we start here, we have to start with viewing each other the way that God views all people as precious souls. And then finally, brotherly love displayed. And we'll close up with this point. How do we display brotherly love? Those are some ways we develop it. We've talked about some of the delays. But how should it be displayed in our life? First, in our speech. In our speech. It should come out in our speech. Now, I'm going to tell you that, that I'm going in the order that, that, that is, this is the easiest for us. And back to that word genuine, our speech has to be genuine. It's got to come from here uh, because we, and I talked about this on Sunday night at university. I preached through kind of the, the lessons from camp because I got to thinking, well, f friends was our theme for junior week at camp. And that seems like a little kid theme, which is kind of the point that we wanted to encourage them to build strong friendships. But then I got to thinking every one of the verses that we used about friendship for the children, they're, in, they're not intended for children. They're intended for adult Christians. <laughs> and, and, and those applications are even more important for us. And, and here's something I talked about on Sunday night is children, when you see them being bad friends, it's, it's very obvious, isn't it? I don't like you. I'm going to hit you or I'm going to call you a name or I'm going to do something mean to you. And that's what children do when they are not being a good friend. But adults, we're so much better at, I want you to think I'm your best friend ever, but then I'm going to talk about you behind your back or, or I'm going to make you, I'm, I know the right things to say. I know how to, I know how to put on that smile and then turn, grip my teeth. And, and we kind of laugh about that, but it's so, such a temptation at times, and we know the right things to say. So when we talk about in our speech, we need to be kind to one another. It needs to be genuine. And it comes from, as we talked about, viewing people as our brothers and sisters, viewing them 
as God's children. Look at Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. James talks about how difficult it is to control the tongue. Now, probably most of us in here, aside from maybe on rare occasions in, in anger or whatever, most of us here, as a kid, I always heard verses like this and thought, don't cuss, don't curse. <laughs> but uh, probably for most of us in here, we've learned to control that over, over time, hopefully. Uh, uh, like I said, maybe rare occasions or something like that but that's i don't think that's the the most application that he's talking about here it's things like slander and gossip and 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 those kind of things that challenge our tongues so much more he says but let only things that are wholesome and encouraging only things that build up the other person come out of your mouth be kind to one another in the things that we say. First uh, Thessalonians 5:11 says, "Therefore encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing." And uh, not only in our speech do we need to display brotherly love, but in our actions. Galatians 5:13 says, "Serve one another, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another." Serve one another. And, and, and this is how we display our brotherly love, is that we serve one another. We don't ignore one another, and we don't just wait to be asked, but we seek out the needs of others, and we serve them. And finally, in our interactions, how we interact with one another. Uh, do we have, again, that genuineness, that genuine love and friendship with our brothers and sisters? Look at First um, Corinthians says this, and also in First Thessalonians, we don't need to turn over there, Romans, First Corinthians, and First Thessalonians all talk about greeting one another with a holy kiss. Uh, something we, we, uh, we, we know is cultural and we don't apply that. I, I would probably <laughs> be a little concerned if, if um, one, of, one of the brothers came up and gave me a holy kiss when I got here. I probably would have been concerned. And we understand that, that's, that, that the principle here is what applies, right? The principle, greet one another. When we come into this place, and especially when visitors come in, they should see us genuinely enjoying being together and greeting our brothers and sisters it has to do with how we interact with one another because i'm here to tell you (laughs) i I used to say this this is going to show how country we are but you used to say this when you get on a horse is that horses can sense the fear that you have visitors can sense how genuine your greetings are visitors can sense how much you love one another. The undesirable, the undeserving, the unlikely, they will be able to sense if you are being genuine in your love for them. And a lot of it will be by are you genuine in your love, phileo, for your brothers and sisters in this place. Tonight I started with this because I know it's something I need to be reminded of often. That if I want to love everybody always, it's most important that I love Always phileo and agape, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have tonight to come together and to study. We thank you so much for this congregation, for Regency and the elders and the ministers here and the great job that they are doing to strengthen and encourage the body in this place and to reach out to 
uh, to the lost of this world. And we pray as we consider uh, our need and our command to love everybody always that we will uh, more uh, we we will always see the importance of loving our brothers and sisters always as well, and that we don't overlook the important the importance of having that. Uh, phileo kind of love for our brothers and sisters. We thank you so much for the bond that we have, the the unity that we have through Christ and through uh, through becoming your child and obedience to to your commands and in the grace that He has shown us through His sacrifice that He made on the cross. That we have the ability to become your children, and we pray that we can be the children that not just say, "I don't have to like you, but I have to love you," but we say, "I like you. I enjoy being together." And I I love you because you are my brother, you are my sister. Help us always to keep our focus on you and to desire to be pleasing to you with our lives and to live in accordance with your word. Uh, We thank you so much for Jesus, and it's through his name we pray. Amen.